Hello and welcome to the Lotox Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and today is show 47. And it's just me with you guys again today. Given last week we had a, a very in-depth and scientific show all about the harmful effects of glyphosate, the key uh, ingredient in the world's largest herbicide, Roundup, um, and also the effects on our bodies of genetically modified foods. As you would have heard in that show towards the end, I came up with the brainwave idea that I was going to step in and do a show on how to afford organics, whether, you know, if that's a bit of a challenge for you on the money front, because there's always something we can all do, no matter where we're at, how much time we've got, how much money we've got, there's always something we can do to just take a little step or two forward. And for those of you who really want to take the plunge, hopefully in today's show, you'll have a whole bunch of ideas as to how to do that. Uh, None of it's rocket science, but everything's really easy to apply if we just pick what we're going to focus on today, this week, this month, and give it our all, and then add the next step in when we're ready, then change feels good. If change feels bad, you know what I say, it means we're doing it wrong. So here's to feeling great about taking a step forward from wherever you're at right now in terms of organic food. And not feeling guilty if you can't do it all or if you haven't done as much as your friend or if money just doesn't stretch that far for you, there is always something you can feel empowered about. And as long as we're making that shift from product heavy eating to produce heavy eating in that kind of 80-20 or 90-10 scenario, then, you know, we're we're already streets ahead of where we would be on the standard diets out there with trolleys filled with packets, whether they're organic or not. It's still heavily processed and it's still products instead of produce. So before I kick into that, I just wanted to mention we have the second week now with the beautiful Black Chicken Remedies offer for everybody, 15% off on the whole range. If you haven't checked out Black Chicken Remedies, it is just such a beautiful product. It is made by someone I now have the pleasure of calling a friend, Shay Birch, and her micro team of awesome people churning out thousands of pots of awesomeness. If you haven't tried the Axilla deodorant paste and... Uh, you've been wanting to find something natural that worked just as well as the heaviest mainstream stuff, then that's absolutely where you should be headed straight after this interview. In fact, you should pause and you should go uh, to the Black Chicken Remedies website and get yourself some. It really, really works. Marathon runners test it. Uh, gym junkies test it. Everybody tests it. And uh, and it's just incredible effective product. There's obviously many other beautiful things in the range. Last week I talked about how much I love the face polish, the body scrub, the love my body oil, the cleanse my face, which is just such an effective cleanser. If you're not into DIY and mixing and muddling oils and and things, then this cleansing oil really is a thing of excellence. It's fantastic for removing eye makeup and the stubbornest of makeup from your face. So go check out Black Chicken. It's another week to 15% off. It really is supporting a fabulous, ethical, incredible small business by incorporating a few of the products into your day-to-day personal care. And I hope you enjoy them. Please do let me know in the comments if you've bought something and you've tried it. I would love to see what your favorites end up being. So... 
Affording organics, hey? Okay, I'm going to give you my first tip. Number one is that you can't, I hate this saying, you can't eat an elephant all in one go. You do it one bite at a time because I really don't like the idea of eating an elephant. But (laughs) it really does kind of give you a visual on when you've got a huge thing ahead of you and you just don't know how to do it all, then don't do it all. Do one small piece. And so my very first tip for you is to go to your fridge and your pantry and have a look at your highest volume items. So I'm talking the things that your family or yourself seems to just get through at the speed of knots and you are always running out and you're always having to buy more. Pick your top three and consider changing those to organic this week. How does that sound? Not so scary. Three items. Big volume means big impact, right? So have a little, you know, if your family's favorite fruit is apples and obviously when they're in season because we don't want to be eating apples in the middle of summer, there's some serious long-term refrigeration at play when the apples are available in the middle of summer. But in those beautiful autumn, winter months and and in through early spring, if apples are your family's go-to, then make those organic. And, you know, that is just really going to be such a huge step in the right direction. And to reframe the idea on cost, right, um, there's something really interesting I want to share with you guys. It's a very conscious decision to decide to spend a bigger portion of your household budget on the food that you eat. It certainly was for us. There were things that we let go of, let fall by the wayside, often (laughs) a lot of things that actually weren't essential at all and were quite easy to let go of. But sometimes it was a real like, oh, I don't know, no, organics is more important to us right now. We've done the research and we really want to go there. Get this, from a Forbes article I read recently, in the past, feeding our family took a much bigger bite out of the average American budget. Australia is quite similar to America, so I believe this statistic to be congruent regardless of which of the two countries you live in and and probably the UK as well. So in 1901, according to a 1997 Bureau of Labor Statistics study, the average family spent almost half of their budget on food. Just 3% of that went on to meals away from the home. And today we only spend an average of 13% of our budgets on food, but 42% of that money is spent in restaurants. Now that might be a little bit lower in Australia than the US, but suffice it to say, that's a huge jump from nearly half our household income down to 13%. And I believe if we live in urban environments, A big part of that is because our housing costs have gone up dramatically, but not that much to show that huge a decrease to spending a third of what we used to spend on our household budget on food. So given our food becomes us, given food that we eat is us taking information in from nature, which is why genetically modified food should have such a big question mark around it because that's not information that our body understands then it stands to reason that we would maybe want to look at prioritizing that a little bit more and thinking what are we spending in our week to week that we really could be investing into organics. So for me, takeaway coffee was a no-go. I'll have a coffee once a week maybe with a friend or in a meeting out and about at a nice cafe 
or I'll get a little um, takeaway coffee in my gorgeous keep cup at the start of the week and go find a park bench and sort of, you know, but it'll literally be two, three coffees a week. The average person in an urban area has two coffees a day from a takeaway source. Now, we obviously know that we shouldn't be using those horrible takeaway cups. And if you are still doing that and you are insistent that you keep your takeaway coffee, please, I've popped a beautiful picture of a gorgeous takeaway coffee cup. Actually, a couple of options for you to, to let you treat yourself this week and, and make reusables part of your future. But if you got rid of your coffee habit on one or two coffees a day, you're saving between two and $3,000 a year. That's quite significant, an amount of cash that you could be investing back into your budget for the week and spending on organics. So that was one of the things I let go of. I used to get a 60-minute massage once a fortnight. I went down to a 30-minute massage once a fortnight. I really felt like I still got the same benefit from doing that. And just a couple of little things that I was treating myself, in inverted commas, elsewhere, that I decided very consciously to treat myself to better food. And we did that when we were at our absolute poorest. My son had just been born. We were living on a very modest single income while I wasn't working again yet. And we were still able to just make all of these changes, take from somewhere else, put it back into the quality of the food. And we found that we got they're okay. It probably means that we don't save as much money per week as we'd like to, but I'm taking steps in other ways to provide more value to you guys, to create more products in my business, to grow that, to then be able to start saving more adequately again. So you know what I mean? It's just it's just about your priorities. And for me, the food that we put into our bodies is such a huge piece of our health puzzle. And when we're healthy, we're able to do more that it's it's just a non-negotiable for me now and I don't blink at the price of a $4 bunch of kale versus a conventional $1.50 bunch of kale. It's just not something I even think about because I wouldn't think about the ramification of the pesticides. Now, that's not to say that I eat every single thing or meal organic. We're probably about 90-10. So that's the going out and about. That's the barbecue at a mate's place. It's the I'm a really big believer that you can't be OCD to the point where it starts to compromise your life and your social well-being. And uh, so that's where I draw the line there. But my number one tip, as I'll just recap before I move forward, is to find the three highest volume things in your fridge and pantry and switch those over to organic this week. It's a quick win. You can feel like you got somewhere. And if that's all you can do from a time brain space, budgetary perspective, then at least you're able to do something this week. And that's just going to feel great. And if broccoli is one of your high turnover items, then you're in for a real treat. Because once you've had organic broccoli, there is no turning back. It is so much more delicious. My second tip is to think about how many ancillary products in your trolley or shopping basket that you buy that you might actually not need. If you switched all the products in the average trolley to organic, then yes, you absolutely would be spending a mozza more, probably two to three times more in your weekly food budget because organic packet food is way more expensive than regular packet food. But if you switch from products to produce and started to amp up the nutrient density, incorporating better quality proteins, better quality fats, an abundant array of fruits and vegetables – 
then you're really going to be giving information to your body that says you are fed, you are nourished, you've had enough. And you're going to find that the need for snacks dramatically reduces. And I have found in my work with families and children that often the people who say, no, no, it hasn't reduced, my kids are still asking for food every three minutes, then we're not eating enough healthy fats. Often that's the number one. But the number two thing that I look at is habit. Do the kids have this habit now because they always have been hungry of continuing to ask for food because it's actually just a habit to ask for food as soon as you don't know what to do, as soon as you've finished your game, as soon as you've finished your homework, whatever it might be. Oh, I'm hungry now. I'll go and see mum. And, you know, to gently just start saying, no, it's not a food time, sweetie, go find something to do. And if they're a bit younger, help them, set them up with an activity, a craft project, a drawing, you know, they, they need to kind of be immersed into something with you as their guide. But often kids are not actually as hungry as they say they are. It can be a habit that we've built from birth that as soon as there's nothing going on, we reach for a snack. So that would be something to watch for as you move more towards nutrient-dense meals and away from lots of snacking throughout the day. So that's my second tip. Have a look at your trolley. Have a look at how many packet snacks you're buying. Put a dollar value approximately to those packet snacks and consider reinvesting them into really high-quality fats. So your olive oils, your coconut oil, macadamia oil, avocado, avocado oil, nuts if you don't have nut allergies all these sorts of things and and a great quality ghee or a good quality grass-fed butter and putting those into your trolley instead to complement the meats that you're buying. We'll get on to meat in a second. The beautiful array of fruits and veggies, the, you know, maybe the chickpeas and beans to make a couple of nice dips or or vegetarian stews for meat-free days. And you're really finding that because those meals are so packed with nutrients, then you're not going to need to snack quite so much. And you can almost end up being cost neutral, I've found, by reinvesting snack food as a dollar value into organic produce to put into your meals and making meals better. Now, I've put a link to my top tips for amping up the nutrient density of meals in the show notes today. And it's a great, super comprehensive article and has loads of ideas for parents and children alike. And if you're someone as an adult who feels like they need to snack all the time or never feels satisfied at the end of the meal and is then hitting the snacks cupboard after you've finished your plate, then I would look at your insulin, um, your blood sugar, your leptin. Leptin in Australia is unfortunately not something covered by Medicare, but it's about $50 to get done. Uh, You can ask your doctor to test for it or your naturopath. And uh, you might find some really great answers as to why. Once you've ticked off all those lifestyle reasons, boredom, i.e. snack as a habit, or not amping up the nutrient density of meals, if you've tried those two things and you've ramped up that nutrient density and you've tried to bust away from snacks being a habit and you're still finding you just absolutely need to keep eating things, then I'd definitely get your leptin checked out. So that's tip number two, up the nutrient density, decrease the snacks, use the old snack money into your organic options. Next tip, check out a farmer's market. Not only is this an amazing way to connect with where our food comes from, It's often a really great way to get the best price on organic produce because they're coming straight from a farm to you. There's not 
two or three middlemen and you've also got the benefit of a much fresher quality produce in that sense too. So obviously certified organic is a no-brainer, easy to shop for, but there are often going to be people that you can establish a relationship with, start to trust over time, ask them lots of questions about how they grow certain things non-organically if if they're saying spray free but not certified because those farms are also going to provide a fantastic saving by just being spray free you just need to make sure there's no irrigation of pesticides happening so sure they might be saying they're not directly spraying but you need to know what's happening on that farm and whether anything is happening more generally on the land if you really want to avoid those pesticides. But I know a terrific farm, Rita's Farm, I don't know if any Sydney siders are listening today, but they do Marrickville markets, Rose Bay markets, Double Bay markets, Bondi Junction, and they don't use any sprays. And frankly, you can tell the, the produce doesn't look perfect. All the green leaves always have little munchies out of them. I always find little worms in the bottom of the celery stalks. You know, some great evidence that clearly if there's life in your produce or evidence of munchies, then that means bugs love it. And when bugs love it, that means they're not being killed by something. So it's a really, really good sign. But if you want that peace of mind, then obviously certified organic and at a market, you meet the farmer, you have that beautiful endorphin rush of of just knowing where your food comes from. It's something that unless you've experienced it, you can't quite know how special that feels. You know, sitting down to your table that night and and eating your broccoli and thinking, oh, Dave the farmer grew this and I know him. You know, there's just something really special about that. It's how it should be. And uh, the only thing you can do better than buying organic at a farmer's market is growing it yourself. So the next tip, tip number four, is to grow something, grow anything. We find that quite challenging, to be honest, in an apartment with no balcony, but we'll always try and grow something on the window ledge, a little pot of herbs or two. Um, But where we do most of our growing is on my mother-in-law's property where she has veggie beds. So we help there and harvest some of that for ourselves. And that's a huge saving. When my little guy was a baby, we used to grow all the squash family because it's such a great family of foods towards those early stages of solids where you can just mix it in with a little bit of chicken stock and some butter and it's just such a fantastic first few months of solids type uh, veggie family, very easy to digest. And we fed him practically for free just by saving seeds, replanting them and harvesting all those squashes in the year. It was just amazing. So if you do have space to grow things, please get resourced. There are so many fantastic online resources for, you know, getting raised veggie beds happening. I've popped a few links in the show notes, um, both here and the US and the UK. If you wanted to check out resources for buying a veggie bed and just literally popping something ready to go in your garden and also how to fill it with the right soil mix and uh, the right things to get everything growing really well from the start. So that's tip number four. My next tip is to consider co-ops. Now, there are loads of resources for co-ops and how to find a local co-op because buying from co-ops means you're essentially buying in bulk or even start a co-op yourself, open up an account, order and do split orders with um, friends. You know, get a a bunch of women or men from school and... um, 
and start, you know, distributing the order form saying, okay, this is what we're going to order. How much do you want? How much do you want? And get it all in and and split it up and start your own co-op. It's a great way to get really inexpensive food, um, especially for your pantry items, legumes, grains, flowers, nuts, all those sorts of things. You even have some really interesting things that you're able to get in a co-op. You can get meats. You can get the Canadian way, I know, is a an import business in Australia from um, Canada with their incredible salmon, which we treat ourselves to every few months because it's not farmed and it's just that incredible deep colour and their beautiful salmon roe. And you can get that on a co-op order form. So there are many, many creative ways that you can either start a co-op yourself. There's plenty of resources online. Again, I've popped a couple of links to get you started in the show notes today. Or find a co-op in your local area and join it if you don't want the admin headache. I'm not an admin person, so I know that I would be a horrible co-op leader because everyone would be like, hello, (laughs) when's the order coming? And have you got my money? I'm just not an admin person, so I would be terrible at that. But I am a member of a co-op, so that makes it really easy for me to have that connection with the community, have chats on pickup day, really, really lovely, and then get that benefit of a much cheaper bulk ordering deal. Now, what is my next tip? What have I got? Eat less meat, people. In Australia, we even eat more meat than Americans and Americans eat a lot of meat. So it's a very expensive thing to be eating a huge amount of meat, you know, two, three meals a day and switch that to organic. And it means you're not making enough room for veggies. And veggies is somewhere that we can all meet regardless of what kind of diet we're on. Vegetables are friend to everybody and they give us so much life force that if we halved the meat and doubled the veg, we would see a very interesting thing happen, much greater diversity of nutrients and much less protein, which is, you know, it's great to have moderate protein and it's easy thing to calculate based on how many kilos or pounds you weigh, what your guideline is, but we don't need to eat excessive amounts. More is not better. And really to stick to what the guidelines are there, that's one area of food that the guidelines are spot on, and to just increase those veggies and get some healthy fats on that plate as well. We're not only going to be able to go cost neutral when it comes to meat, but we're also going to be able to incorporate way more veggies. So that, you know, in a way is a slightly greater cost, but a couple of things you can do on the meat front to be able to afford organic and pasture fed meat is to start learning how to cook secondary cuts, make mince your best friend. Mince meat is probably my favorite thing to use in the kitchen. You can do patty cakes, you can do meatballs, you can do burgers, you can do um, taco mince mix, you can do chili con carne, you can do uh, a bolognese. There's so many things you can do with mince. A moussaka, so many things. And it, it lends itself to um, being sort of having different spices added to it. So you can really put the world's cuisine to mint and do a sanchoy, mince and do a sanchoy bao. So it tastes really Asian and gorgeous. You can do a Mexican with the taco mix. There's so many different flavors and it's all under $20 Australian a kilo. Often, even around the 12 to 15 mark, many butchers who sell grass-fed meat will do a two kilo special and you can freeze a kilo for later and use the other kilo um, for that week. 
and it's so economical. It's just a great way to be able to afford to eat organic and pasture-raised. Now, why do we want organic and pasture-raised? Because the animals eat grass. We want to make sure that grass is organic. We also want to make sure they're not eating grains if they're animals that might be fed grains. So that could be um, obviously your cow. Sometimes even lamb is fattened up on grain these days. So it's really important to um, know your butcher, ask your butcher whether they're pasture raised, pasture finished. And when it comes to chicken and pork, the concern that we have there, given they are generally fed some sort of grain along with their mix, is that they definitely be pasture raised because they also need to get the the bugs from the soil and, and do all that good roaming around in the pasture that they do. And also that they're not fed genetically modified grain. So unfortunately, free range, while that might sound nice, does not guarantee, A, that the animals are actually pasture-raised. It just means that they might get a little bit more space and some time outside each day. But it also doesn't guarantee us that they're not fed genetically modified grains. Uh, So by choosing organic when it comes to chicken and pork, you know for a fact that they are not being fed GM grains. And by choosing organic pasture-fed, and pasture raised, then you know that they're living beautiful, happy lives for the time that they are alive. And I think as an omnivore, that's a responsibility that we have. So eat less meat, eat better quality. When it comes to chicken, if you're buying free range breasts, switch to buying whole organic chicken and the cost per kilo is the same, if not less. So there's lots of little things like this that you can do that mean you stay cost neutral when you're choosing better quality meats. So I hope that's helped. And remember, don't just steam veggies and do them plain on a plate. We need for the fat-soluble vitamins A, E, D, or A, D, E, and K, if we're going in alphabetical, we need healthy fats to be able to assimilate those from our foods, from our veggies, from our meats. So adding that little um, splash of olive oil, a good glug, maybe a big tablespoon of ghee to your veggies with a couple of spices and a, um, a little salt is going to A, taste really enjoyable for the whole family and B, mean that we assimilate all of the nutrition from our dinner really well, including those A, D, E and K vitamins, which are so crucial to our health. So that's another tip. What else have I got for you? (laughs) So many things we could be talking about, right? I do want to talk about the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen. So this is a list that the EWG puts out each year and it gives us a guide on what we can do to still actually buy some conventional produce and what conventional produce isn't sprayed or isn't routinely sprayed. So for example, the Clean 15, and I've put these in the show notes, but I'll just read them out. You have avocado, sweet corn, pineapples, cabbage, frozen sweet peas, onion, asparagus, mangoes, papaya, kiwi, eggplant, grapefruit, rock melon, cauliflower, sweet potatoes. So that's a a huge variety that you can still feel good about buying conventional or not having that certified organic uh, peace of mind because they're not routinely sprayed. And then you've got the Dirty Dozen, which is the produce that's sprayed the most. So spinach, cherry tomatoes, strawberries, apple, peaches, grapes, capsicum, snap peas, potatoes, cucumber, celery, nectarines. And if you just want to start somewhere and you've done your three pantry items and you've swapped that over and you're ready for your next challenge, switch out those Dirty Dozen in your produce basket to 
buying organic versions of those. Another couple of tips that I have for you is to buy frozen. So when it comes to berries, I don't know about you if you've ever seen the price of a punnet of blueberries that are organic or strawberries. They're usually around $10 to $12 Australian. In the US, it's a bit less expensive, around $4, $5 US. Um, my favorite place to buy them is at Union Square Market in New York. I just love that market and those little plastic-free punnets that you guys have over there. So good. But if you're really at a pinch and you want to be able to go organic with your berries because you know that they're quite heavily sprayed, I would be having a look at the frozen section and, you know, doing things with berries that, you know, are more satisfying than eating a frozen defrosted berry that's all kind of squishy and and soft. Doing things like a crumble, a delicious treat like that, or putting them into beautiful smoothies with some spinach and coconut milk, avocado, you know, things like that that can just be so delicious, so filling. You still get that berry fix, but it's not all soft and mushy from being defrosted. So that's one thing that you can do. Peas are often sold organic. Um, I know here you can get frozen peas uh, from, I think Woolworths does frozen peas and they're like 2 $3 a bag. Even the organic ones, you get a huge bag and it's $7 and they really last ages in putting them through soups and stews and things. So that's a way to go as well. And then my last tip is to eat with the seasons. You know, eating organic off-season is crazy expensive. So I still remember the first time it really hit me what seasonal eating was about. I had been given the Maggie Beer cookbook that takes you through the seasons. So she has a chapter on autumn, a chapter on summer, spring, winter. And in there, there was this pear tart. And I thought, oh my gosh, I want to make that. So I'm going to go to my newly excited about shopping their local organic shop, which my favorite is Whole Foods House up in either Dank Street, Alexandria or Wallara, depending on where you live in Sydney, if you're a Sydney cider. Um, The produce there is exceptional and always so fresh. And I, I went there and I looked all around the produce area for no, and there were no pears. And I was like, what? I'm going to have to go to Woolworths. And this was, what, I think about eight years ago. And I was, I was furious that they didn't stock pears. And you see my language there, the thought process? They didn't stock pears. Like pears were a product of some kind that had to be in stock or someone had forgot to order them. And this is how disconnected we are. I was disconnected myself thinking that pears were just something on someone's order form that you put a 10 next to and they arrived, no matter when you wanted them, no matter what time of year, and that is just so wrong, so disconnected from nature, right? So I went up to the lady who was at the cashier and I said, do you have any pears coming in soon? And she said, no, no, because they're not in season until autumn, so we'll have them back probably around April. And it hit me like a ton of bricks and I was like, oh gosh, you're not even supposed to be able to buy pears now. But of course, if I had gone to a supermarket, I would have found them right then and there, shiny, waxy, perfect looking or supposedly perfect as we've conditioned to believe it to be. And there you go. So that day I went back to that produce section, looked at all the summer fruits that were available and I decided to make a plum tart because there were plenty of plums and they were great value because they were in season. So really get to know the seasons. There are some great uh, farming 
Instagram accounts that you can follow. I'll pop a couple up that always put the monthly what's in season. I'll do one for the US, UK and Australia again. And that way you start to know when it's going to be the best value to buy organic. You can buy a capsicum non-organic grown in a greenhouse off season that could cost up to $16, $17 a kilo. But to get a capsicum in season, you could be paying $6, $7 a kilo. So you can get a good three or four capsicums for that. And, um, and, and this is what we're talking about. So it really, it comes down to two things. After all of this, for me, it comes down to two things. One is that we need to shift from products to produce. And two is that we need to shop for our produce seasonally wherever possible. And in doing those two things, we naturally start to become more connected with nature. We naturally eat things when they taste their best because that's the way nature designs everything. Best taste when it's in season. And we naturally start to appreciate food as the incredible gift that it is with the incredible privilege that we have to be able to access great fresh food. And then from there, you start to incorporate some of the things I talked about today, whether that be switching out that top three volume product this week. And I would so love to see everyone's pictures of that. If you wanted to share in the comments or on Instagram, at Life is the hashtag over there. I'd love to see what those top three were and how excited you got your family. And remember, I'll finish here actually. When it comes to talking to your family about this, especially to your partner or older children uh, who might not have done the research that you've done with 50 tabs open on the internet and listened to 10 podcast episodes, yes, I'm talking to you. So for them, it could be really big news. It could be daunting. And remember, in mainstream media, quite often when we see organics, it's dispelling so-called organic myths that organic is better and all, you know, that's the bite size information that a lot of people get. So they might hear you get all excited and think, oh God, she's turning hippie. It's all crazy stuff anyway. It doesn't matter what you eat, you know, especially when we still have physicians, unfortunately saying, don't worry about diet. That's not going to make any difference to your condition. You know, this is the reality of what we're dealing with out there. So when it comes to getting other people on board, It's a really interesting one, but I suggest you make sure that you learn this information together, that you listen to things together. If people need the science, then listen to last week's show with your family. Listen to Professor Antonio talking about his lab, his own eyes, his ridiculously clever mind, taking us through exactly why we should be concerned about herbicides, pesticides, and um, genetically modified crops. And, you know, start there so that people feel like they're on the bus with you instead of you being the family's vigilante kind of judgy person telling everybody everything we're doing is wrong, don't eat that. No, no, no. You know, no one likes to, to make changes that way. Like I said right at the beginning of the show, if change feels bad, then we're doing it wrong. If trying to get people to change feels bad, don't try and get them to change anything. Love the changes you've made and be the change. Let people see how much more radiant your skin is. Let guests taste how much more incredible your salads taste all of a sudden. People will ask. I can't tell you how many people taste salads that I do or or tacos with copious amounts of coriander. And I swear there's something about the coriander from Whole Foods House, but it is so good. Uh, Everyone always asks me, oh my 
gosh, what is this coriander? Where is it from? I have to get some. And, you know, it can be something like that. So you don't need to broadcast anything. Often, just by making things taste more gorgeous, just by seeming really happy about the changes you've made and just by inviting, once people are curious, them to watch something or listen to something with you so you can discuss it together with the same information that you've been given, then it can feel really beautiful to spread those ripples of change instead of feeling really alone and like you're the only person who wants to make changes around you. That can feel really hard and really isolating. So I felt that that was a really important thing to end the show on today. There are stacks of resources, as I've mentioned, in today's show notes. And the challenge this week For anyone who hasn't changed anything over to organic food yet is to think about your top three items in your fridge and your pantry, change those. And if you fancy writing about this exciting thing that you're doing either on the Facebook page or on Instagram and tag me, I would love to see what everybody's changing this week. Or if you want to research a local fruit and veg organic box like lettuce deliver or you know one of those fantastic ones that we have locally here there are so many around the world now it's very very exciting or if you want to post a picture of you at a market with your child eating a yummy apple fresh off the pile there you know anything that you want to share that you're inspired by and you think that's going to be my bite-sized piece of change pardon the pun this week and I want to share it but because by sharing it and looking happy and being excited you're not telling anyone to do anything and being judgy you're just shouting from the rooftops how excited you are to be doing something awesome and and that incites curiosity rather than having people feel judged uh, so I hope that was useful and uh, please, any more questions, just pop over to the show notes. Remember to check out the Black Chicken offer and ask me your questions there in the comments for anything else. Otherwise, I look forward to having more chats online. I loved seeing everybody's Hygge photos. If you didn't listen to that show with Mike Viking a couple of weeks ago, you have to listen to it. Gorgeous settings that I'm seeing on Instagram and Facebook of Uh, families eating by candlelight and finding that that makes the kids far calmer, eat more, tell more stories, share more about their day. And I just love seeing the impact of my chat with Mike. So thank you for that. So that's this week's show. um, I've enjoyed doing another little solo show. I might do these every couple of months. But next week, I've got the beautiful Fran from Madge, who are a genetically modified organism consumer group, an awareness group. And uh, oh my gosh, she is so divine. We've had our chat. I've actually recorded it. So I need to put it up onto the the podcast queue. Oh, my beautiful producer, Brooke, is going to do that. But she's just divine. And really, it's a beautiful chat about eating real food and some really exciting things that she's discovered through her learning journey about how we create change on a more epic scale but feel great about it. So she's a woman after my own heart with change being positive and feeling positive and good rather than guilt-ridden and like we're never enough. She really totally nails the brief on doing change right. So join me next week. There's a whole bunch more tips and exciting things to come. (music) 
Thank you so much for joining me for today's show. Check out the show notes at lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast. And if you wanted to maybe share a quote and something that really jumped out for you, you can find us on Instagram at lowtoxlife or simply hashtag lowtoxlife across social media. I absolutely love bringing you the show. Thank you for any of the star ratings or one-line reviews that you guys have left. It helps me know what you've been loving and what you'd love to see more of. I'll see you next week. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.